This week on the Cigar Circle Podcast, Smokes of the Week. We'll talk about new cigars that are showing up on the shelves here at Tall Chief and also what we've been smoking this week. Plus, Mike Goodici, Gooch, from General Cigar, comes to sit down with us. Our first in-person interview on the podcast. He's been in the industry for decades. He's got some really cool stories. You'll hear our interview with him. Plus, you guessed it, it's another edition of Blindfold the Big Dog. I'm going to give Carl an unbanded cigar. He's going to smoke it and see if he can figure out what the heck it is. So cut it, light it, let's go. business partner, smoking friend, confidant, Dave. Dave, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? How you doing? Episode five coming at you. Yeah, we're in it now. I mean, you guys have stuck with us for the past eight weeks or so. We've mm-hmm. tried a lot of new cigars. We've talked about what's going on inside the humidor. We brought you cool guests. None of that's going to change, um, but we are getting a little bit more comfortable now, and you know, it's always fun to put these things together. We got a really great show lined up for you guys today. Uh, Mike Gudici came in, sat down with us. Some of you guys might know him as Gooch, general cigar rep, repping brands like Macanudo, Cohiba, CAO, Punch, Sancho Panza. What am I forgetting? Hoyo de Monterey. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. of course. Can't forget that one. Mm-hmm. Um, really awesome interview for 45 minutes. Mike's been in the industry for decades now, yeah. and um, he's kind of been a mentor figure for, for Dave and myself since we got here to the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars, Humidor, and Lounge. Um, just, it was awesome to have him on. Uh, a guy that I was looking forward to seeing down and just talking with because he's funny, has a lot of experience, and uh, just a great guy. And everybody knows him, and everybody loves him. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited to bring that interview to you guys. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, but first, we're going to talk about uh, what we've been smoking this week and also give you guys an idea of a couple of, a couple of exciting new sticks on the shelves in here. So we'll tell you guys about that, but uh, yeah, why don't we start with that, Carl? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we got some interesting new stuff. I noticed uh, that uh, there have been a few guys already sampling that new diesel. There's a new addition to the Fool's Errand line of cigars. Uh, they're calling this one the Stubborn Fool, and you guys might remember last year they released uh, the 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 stubborn fool was last year right 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 this this new one is called the simple fool <laughs> yeah so we'll 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 go through the entire forged lineup here starting with that new diesel yeah um you know last march they came out with this nice little bullet looking perfecto really maybe like a 58 mm-hmm. something like that yeah 56 five and, or 58 five by 58 yeah. yeah perfecto shape so that would mean tapered at both ends um you know as always with diesel you're going to get that really strong aj style Nicaraguan cigar um, you know diesel's been a brand that's kind of been reimagined over the past you know 10 years since you know um, it was acquired by forged right so mm-hmm. diesel's known mostly for strong full body smokes mm-hmm. showcasing you know normally uh, San Andreas wrapper Nicaraguan tobacco things like that um, I was a little underwhelmed last mm-hmm. year with the Stubborn fool. Maybe I just got a bad one, but it didn't burn that well. Yeah, uh, it's I couldn't tough get it. when you're when you're talking about a cigar of that shape. Like it's really difficult to make one that's that that really burns well. 
um, you know, and that's that's part of part of the art of a cigar like that. Part of part of the craftsmanship mm -hmm. and the and the skill involved is like making one that's actually going to burn correctly right. in this in this incredible shape. You know, the first thing I was looking for when I smoked one, I've been under the weather for probably a week and a half now, but that was a cigar that I had after not having a smoke for probably five or six days. Yeah. So the first thing I was looking for was a good draw. And I'm really happy to report that the Simple Fool gave me a really good draw. I know they're new, like these limited editions, we get them very quickly. I know they're new and, you know, maybe maybe could use a little bit of rest, but, you know, I cut it, light it, gave it a shot. It's very strong. It's a very strong cigar. Mm -hmm. um, the draw was great. The burn was great too, which I think sometimes I get a little scared of with those perfecto-shaped cigars, like with the really tapered small end. You got to light it just right. And maybe get a little lucky, too. Right. Um, yeah. That cigar, especially after not having had one for maybe a week, really blew me away. Um, you know, I, I I enjoyed it, but I wish that I had kind of uh, warmed up into it first because mm -hmm. it was a lot. Like, usually I rip and I smoke really quickly. Right. I took, I mean, what did it take me, an hour and a half to smoke that thing? You know, at work, so I'm helping people and right. getting up moving right, around. right, right. But uh, yeah, wow, that thing was a straight rocket ship. Wow. One of the three new cigars we have from the Forge portfolio of brands since the last show that we had. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I guess the next one then would be that new Room 101 Farce Nicaragua. This thing is yeah. like really, really pretty looking. I love the band Me and the too. artwork. Um, really cool looking, and it's got this this nice dark wrapper. I, I looked up some pictures online and like. Um, uh, a lot of the other images I found of this cigar, it's it's a lot closer to a medium brown looking wrapper. So I think we actually got sort of an especially dark batch on this one. Uh, they are dark. Yeah. Yeah. I had one um, Wednesday night on the mm -hmm. way home. Yeah. Doing some deliveries after work. And this was a cigar I was much more happy with than the, the um, Simple Fool. Simple Fool is worth a try just because it's a limited edition. I would recommend resting it for a little while. But the Room 101 Nicaragua farce was awesome it was a nice medium medium plus uh cigar obviously with a nicaraguan wrapper a little bit different than room, what what room 101 tends to do if i remember right i believe that they're like largely a nicaragua or a honduran brand mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but anyway um it was beautiful i just had a lot of it was very complex like it changed from third to third to third the end of it was like a very milk chocolatey kind of note which mm. was really nice and the middle well, it wasn't peppery in the beginning, like the the second, third, it it got a little more intense and got peppery. Then it mellowed out again. The first the first pulls were not over the top, but enough to you know get my get my attention. Yeah. Um, it burnt great too. Uh, it and it was a slow burner. Um, you know, I usually smoke very quickly, but by after an hour, I still had maybe the last third to go, mm. despite pulling on it for pretty much the whole time. So. It had excellent flavor and it was constructed really well. Um, this was a cigar that I saw posted on our on our Facebook page by a customer that I got interested in yeah. because honestly, it was the label that got me interested. Yeah. It just looks like a good cigar. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, but the cigar was great. Uh, that was my first one of the day too, and that was a lot more agreeable with me on that day uh, than having the diesel as the first one of the day with not a lot of food. Right. Right. Cool. Well, there you go. That's the Room 101 Farce Nicaragua. And mm -hmm. then, uh, yeah, another cigar, again, from Forged. New 
to the humidor here and it's an it's a new release uh in general this is the shady moose from chillin moose mm -hmm. uh and as the name implies we got a chillin moose with a connecticut shade wrapper here nice big bulky connecticut shade and uh we've got a lot of chillin moose fans in the house here uh, you know, it's a very popular line here for us, and so we're very excited about this one, too. Yeah, Chillin' Moose was a brand that Dave and I had literally no experience with <laughs> at all. Um, at first, we thought it was a meme of some kind. Like, we were just a little <laughs> bit confused by it. And come to find out that, uh, you know, I remember in our first week, somebody asked for Chillin' Moose 660. I'm like, what the hell is that? And then, you know, we found it, and those questions piled up and piled up and piled up, and mm -hmm. we started to get the... The Maduro and the Natural in, and then they expand their line last year with the Bull Moose, uh, which has been very popular, mm -hmm. and now the brand new, obviously Shady Moose um, Shade Wrapper, nice and mild, great first cigar of the day, great golf course cigar yeah. seems like, because it's not gonna leave you feeling pepper, pep like you know peppery in your mouth. You're gonna be able to mix it with a drink if you want, maybe a coffee. It seems like a really great addition to the lineup. It's not yeah. one that I've personally tried. The one that has kind of caught on through the first week of being here. Yeah, yeah. So that one's really cool. What uh, what else we got new in the on the shelves here? We so I alluded to it maybe in episode two. We have introduced Southern Draw cigars to our yes. humidor. They have been, to say the least, wildly popular mm -hmm. so far. Um, we brought in the Rose of Sharon, Connecticut. Mm. All four of these are box press Toros, by the or no, not they're not all box press, but they're all Toros. Right. The Rose of Sharon is a box press Toro. Jacob's Ladder, the Maduro, is uh, your standard Toro. Uh, Firethorn, sun-grown wrapper, mm -hmm. really spicy, really nice, is a regular Toro. And the Kudzu, it's a double Oscuro, and that is a box press. Uh, the Kudzu is probably the best Oscuro cigar I've ever had, and I would put it ahead of the New World AJ. That would, the AJ Fernandez wow. New World was my favorite Oscuro cigar. Hmm. I never tasted flavor like that before. And I've been having that cigar for nine years, and it was always my number one. If that's what I wanted, that was the perfect go-to Oscuro cigar. I would firmly place the Southern Draw Kudzu in front of it. Wow. I just, I, I think, something about these cigars, it's just, you know, sometimes with some brands, you have that, like, uh, you could taste something that's been done to them. I'm not going to name names, but like, you know, you could you could taste that there's been some kind of thing that went on with these cigars. This is a natural tasting flavor, but it's very loud and it's really nice. Hmm. Um, I was really impressed. I got a sampler pack offline like maybe two months ago and I was smoking them and we have been asked for them at points in the past. We have seen them at trade shows. Mm -hmm. Um. But I was like, why not? Yeah. You know, D Dave and I's goal here is to taper down on these really, really big brands, big retailers that just sit there, that are unexciting, mm -hmm. that haven't been reimagined or looked at. There's nothing creative with them. You know, we're going to play the hits in here, but there are going to be some things that we just kind of blow out to make room for Warped, Southern Draw, you know, um, Foundation, right. Espinosa. Small guys that make great products that we have to get in your hands because it's what keeps it fun. You know, and Southern Draw is a great example of us tapering down on certain things that we don't need three or four sizes of the same cigar for. Right. right. In exchange for 
a small brand that we can grow. Kristoff, another great example. Mm-hmm. A small brand that we can grow and share with you guys and be excited about. And I think this is a great example of like what's going on inside our humidor. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you know, another another piece to that equation, guys, is like we we need your help with that process too, mm-hmm. right? We need your feedback. We need you guys to come in and try this stuff out and let us know what you think so that uh, so that we can make those decisions going forward and always have a nice steady supply, a nice steady rotation of new product coming in for you guys to try. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, like when you find your, your new favorite, you know, let us know so that we know going forward, like that's going to make this whole process more fun and, and, uh, lead to a better result for everybody. Yeah. Dave and I's brand is a personal relationship with the guys that come in the humidor. You know, we want to, um, learn your name, learn your cigar, learn about you, right? Like, cause this is at the end of the day, this is a hobby that we all use to relax. Cigars are really, unless you're us, rarely smoked at work, right? Mm. They're always smoked at play. And, uh, you know, a, the cigar is more than just a bundle of treated tobacco, right? It, it could represent some bonding or a gathering of some kind, or maybe it's just an hour of relaxing. So, and Dave and I view that as a sacred time, right? Um, and we all sell the same shit, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave and I are cool. The guy around the block from your house at, his, at the tobacco shop is cool. We're all cool. Well, not all of us, but some of us. <laughs> Why would you come out here? Right? Like, that's the kind of brand that, you know, we would like to build. And um, we do that through experimenting, having fun, sharing cool new sticks, and just bringing you a new experience every time you come in the humidor. And I, uh, you know, I believe brands like Southern Draw, Warped, Kristoff, Tatuaje to an extent, Foundation. They represent uh, that kind of shift that mm-hmm. we're going for. Yeah. You know, we're always going to keep guys' favorite smokes. We're always going to play the hits, but, you know, we want to constantly evolve and have the cool new thing. And at the end of the day, we just want to provide you guys with uh, cool new sticks that were, that were offered. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. yeah. So Southern Draw is a really exciting new brand. They have like 15 or 20 different sticks. So next time we order, we'll bring in another one. See how that goes over. Uh, stay, on, stay on the lookout for that. Yeah, and stop in and ask for these cigars. We'll show you where they're at so that you guys can try them and give us your feedback. And, uh, you know, then we keep refining our selection here. And that's 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 the way we play this game, man. All right, so moving on then, uh, you know, we've, uh, we'll have we'll, we'll go over a couple of notable cigars that, that Carl and I have had this week to give you guys some ideas in case you're looking for something else new to try. Uh, Carl, what, what have you had that you really enjoyed this week? Well, I'll lead off last night with the uh, Christoph Maduro. Nice. Um, this was given to me by our Christoph rep, Lee, during a little event that we had here at the store last night. And if you want to get involved in some of our events, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, he gave it to me in a Lancero size, which is not a very popular size for us here at the Humidor, but probably my favorite size cigar. It's got a, I said it, I said it had a very European look to it. Hmm. Um, you just get such a great, such a great flavor in the Christoph, in a Lancero size and the Christoph Maduro to me, like the first half of it was just like cinnamon. Yes, dude. Yes. That's all that's yeah. like, it was just like baking spice, cinnamon, like cardamom it was just it was just so distinct and maybe it's because i just haven't been having two or three a day anymore which is probably good (laughs) 
I don't know. That's arguable. Uh, you'll be back. You're um, just taking a little break. I'll, I'll, yeah. I just need a little break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming out of hibernation. So that cigar to me was just, uh, man, I really like that cinnamon flavor in the it beginning. Was, it you was really the same nice. thing? Yeah, I had we the same thing. About that. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. It was, it was a nice dessert at the perfect time of day, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, there's something about that size, that nice thin Lancero just really... Uh, really brings out the flavor of the of the wrapper on that cigar. I got one that was particularly oily. It had a nice little sheen to it, and uh, it, it burned perfectly. And it was like a nice, like you said, that that cinnamon note. It was just like, but yeah, spice like kitchen dessert spices all the way through. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It really tasted good. like a nice dark baked good. Right, it was great. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, cool. I also had a Ashton VSG. Mm. And uh, the Ashton VSG in this store is not very popular. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Not a cigar that I was a fan of when I was starting, but this is one of the weird cigars that has just gotten progressively better and better the more I've immersed myself in like the cigar world. Hmm. Um, so I had this cigar in a Corona size. Which is like strange for me. Like usually I'm like a robusto or a toro, but I had a corona on hand, and uh, I can't say enough about how good this cigar is. I th- I feel like with this cigar, people who know know, and people who don't <laughs> don't. But uh, you know, it's a pricey cigar. Like you're gonna pay fifteen to twenty bucks for uh, VSG in the store, which is really good compared to other places you can go. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always get that woody taste with dominican tobacco which i love yeah but the sun grown wrapper is just like introduces this spicy element but it's not like it's just it's very subtle Mm -hmm. and the like i hate using words like this but for a really strong cigar it is so smooth it's just such a smooth experience like the pull it's such an easy pull you get a lot of smoke you get a lot of flavor it burns nicely. Mm-hmm. It looks good in your hand. Yeah. That is one cigar that I don't smoke often, but every time I do, I ask myself, why don't I smoke this more? Yeah. That that is a cigar in particular too that just that smoothness you're talking about just gets better with age. Like it mm-hmm. co- it comes out the older that cigar gets, if you're if you're keeping it in proper conditions, like the VSG improves with age for sure. Um I I had one one of my most memorable cigar experiences was with a nice VSG that had been uh, sitting around for a while and I pulled it out at the perfect time and uh, yeah so that that smoothness you're talking about I've definitely experienced that yeah yeah so before we get into what you've had this week mm-hmm. I'm gonna add this one here in this box to my list I'm gonna open this box and see what we got here mm-hmm. while you go ahead and explain you know what you've had that's new yeah but I want to light this sucker first cool um a lot of the cigars I've had this week were the new ones that I talked about mm-hmm. earlier. So Cool. All right. So, obviously, it is the next edition of Blindfold the Big Dog. <laughs> I have here in a box a cigar that does not have a label on it. Uh, over the past several episodes, Dave has grabbed a cigar from our vast humidor of over 800 different sticks, taken the label off, put it in a box, given it to me, and I've sussed out which one it is. Um I've had a good run so far. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to make it a little bit tougher on me, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm starting to get pissed because, like, he's, yeah, he's, he's 4-0, and um, I haven't been able to stump him yet. So, you know, 
I've also been trying to choose cigars that at least give him a chance, right? So it's a hard line to walk. Yeah. So it's anyway, a, so we're we're gonna we're gonna try to make it a little tougher on him this time, and and uh, you know I'm actually trying to stump the guy here. So, mm. but yeah, as far as what I've been smoking this week, there is one cigar in particular that I wanted to bring up. Uh, it's a little bit outside my usual wheelhouse, and uh, that's why I I took note of it and made sure to you know remember to bring it up on the pod here, which is the La Gloria Cubana Medio Tiempo. So this is a cigar that we added uh, to our lineup here, you know, a little while back. And it's not one that I would normally reach for. I looked up the blend on this thing and I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to give this a try. This might be really cool. Uh, Sumatra wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra with a, with a Connecticut broadleaf binder and Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. So, you know, La Gloria Cubana has got several broadleaf Maduros, Connecticut broadleaf Maduros in their lineup. Siriar Maduro, Siriar Black Maduro, the classic Maduro. These are all broadleafs, right? But in this blend here, they're using the broadleaf as a binder with a Sumatra wrapper over top. Sumatra, think velvet, sweetness, just really smooth, not too heavy, right? Nice and nice and sort of medium, mild to medium body. And then you pair with that the, the sort of salty sweetness and smoothness of broadleaf, adding a little bit of body to it. You know, you end up with this perfect medium that I had. I actually smoked it in the morning, and it was like, it was just perfect for the time of day. Uh, you could smoke this thing at any time of day, and, and it's just really nice and sweet, smooth, rich, uh, but not too heavy. So if you haven't tried the Medio Tiempo from La Gloria Cubana, give that one a rip because that was really, really enjoyable. Uh, so anyway, Carl's uh, just cut into this thing here and giving it a giving it a quick uh, quick look over. What do you what are you thinking so far? Yeah, so this is a looks like to be about a five by fifty four. This is a pretty thick robusto, and it is packed very densely. There's no give to this thing at all. Mm. Um, I cut it and I took a dry pull, and it is uh, I caught a little pepper, a little bit of spice. This is not a mild cigar, at least I don't think so. I haven't lit it and tried it yet, but um, the early the early taste on it would make me think it's Dominican. Hmm. It's like a medium to full body Dominican cigar, uh, but I don't know for sure. So let me just toast it here, and then we will give it a go. I might give it one more dry pull though, just to yeah. Hopefully, I don't you know have to cough or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dry pull is a fun part of trying a new cigar, guys. Don't don't leave that out of your smoking experience when you're sampling something new for the first time. Make sure you take your time. I know we say this on every episode, but yeah, it's something that we we see a lot of guys skip over this part of the process, you know? So take your time, give it a taste before lighting it and see what kind of soft flavors you can take away from that. Yeah, it does have a little bit of like a, I get dried fruit a lot from things that are like Honduran. Mm. So maybe that could be like, it could be like a mix. I'm not sure. Looking at it though, it is, uh, this is this is an unusual size for us. Usually our robustos are five by fifty or maybe five by fifty two, but this looks a little bit thicker mm-hmm. and it's really dense. Like it's it's not like stale, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's just there's like no give mm-hmm. in this thing. It's just so packed. So I'm gonna. What's light the it draw like? Is it sort of open? It or? feels open. Yeah. Without lighting it, cool. yeah. So it looks like a mixed fill of some kind. There's just a lot of colors going on in the in the. And the uh, and that you light yeah. a lot of lights, light, and then some dark right in the center. So, cool. 
Let's see. I'm excited to see if he can suss this one out because, yeah, like I said, I'm trying to trying to be a little more difficult on this guy because we can't we can't have him just winning all the time. I mean, I know the guy's a winner, but can't have him win all the time. This is true. Got to keep <laughs> keep this boy in check. Winners man. win, baby. <laughs> Winners stay winning. Straight dubs. Yeah, all the all day. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so this is uh, mm, the first couple of pulls are really flavorful, and it's like more of a medium. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not full body. I think I just was kind of being a baby earlier. Being a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's cool. First one of the day. So. Yeah. Good. As you guys listen to Gooch, I'm gonna go ahead and smoke this one and. We'll come back and we'll try to see what's what here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're very excited to bring this interview to you guys. Our first in-person interview on the pod, it's Gooch. Mike Kadichi from General Cigar. Hey, guys, we're really excited uh, to bring you our General Cigar rep, Mike Kadichi, here for a live interview. Um, you know, a lot of you have listened to our interviews over the past couple of episodes and, you know, those are some phone conversations that we have with various industry insiders that we talk to and deal with on a weekly basis. Mike comes and visit us, you know, at least once every three weeks, once every four weeks. And it's his job to sell brands like Macanudo, Cohiba, Punch, Sancho Panza. What am I missing, Mike? CAO. CAO. There's so many. <laughs> Excalibur. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Hoyo. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we got we got Mike Gidichi here in the house in the world famous Tall Chief Cigars Humidor and Lounge. Mike, thank you for joining myself oh, and Dave. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. It's uh, my my pleasure. You wake me up for my nap, but you know, <laughs> I'll catch up later. You're you know, Mike. You're a guy that we've uh, really been looking forward to interviewing and sitting down with because, like, as our listeners have come to learn by now, um, these interviews are just really personal you know they're not really too buttoned up too professional it's more of just like a your experience in the industry what it's like to you know be on the road all the time mm -hmm. live and breathe these cigars and and people like us having to see us all the time and just getting those experiences from somebody who's been living this for such a long time in a variety of different places so you're saying i'm old <laughs> uh, no i'm saying you're you're seasoned you know what you're doing right <laughs> yeah yeah you're the guy Yes, yeah, so I've been in a business like uh, 30 years in the tobacco business, uh, almost all of it in cigars. And I tell everybody that uh, 30 years ago, I hit the job lottery. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so much fun. I could be retired now, but I'm having too much fun. <laughs> uh, it is a lonely life on the road, though. That's for sure. Yeah. But... Uh, um, <clears throat> We've heard that. Not, a, not yeah. a lot of people can say they enjoy getting up in the morning and going to work. So I'm very, right. very fortunate. Yeah, I think that Carl and I both feel that way. Uh, working in this industry has pretty much been a dream for us, too. But, yeah, we've heard that sentiment expressed before. I think um, you, when we spoke with John Troiano from Alec Bradley Cigars, uh, you know, he kind of you know, let us, let us see behind the curtain a little bit. And like, yeah, you know, it seems really cool to guys who spend time in cigar lounges and, and are, you know, into the hobby the way that we are. What a cool job that must be to live on the road and, and just do nothing but cigars all day. Um, but he sort of let us see that, that other side that's like, yeah, you spend a lot of time by yourself and you know, you, you miss your family a lot of the time being on the road. You eat a lot of 
meals and mm-hmm. there's a lot of hotel rooms and you're by yourself a lot. And so like, what is it like, um, you know, having to juggle that, the, what, you know, d- does your, does your personal life end up sort of taking a hit in mm-hmm. some way? Uh, yeah. I know John well, and he's a, he's a hundred percent right. It's, yeah. it, it's a, it's a real fun profession, but it can be very lonely. Most of us do spend a good part of our week, you know, three and four nights a week on the road. And, uh, <clears throat> like say over my career, uh, I think it's the reason why I'm still married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But actually, uh, you know, that's, that's our life together. My wife and I, that's our life together. And she's used to me being gone during the week. And mm-hmm. uh, say, for example, during COVID, when they pulled us all off the road, uh, you know, I did a couple, couple months of just staying home. And, <laughs> and she was ready to kick me out and change the locks. Yeah. And she goes... When you going back to work? Yeah, I said I yeah. am working, <laughs> and uh, so uh, we learned during COVID that uh, we managed my life on the road quite well. Right during all the years that uh, we've uh, we've been married. Right. So, right. And yeah, you miss uh, you miss your kids playing ball and wrestling and, and things. But my mm-hmm. kids are older, and earlier in my career, we didn't travel quite as much as the, uh, the mm-hmm. industry. Uh, requires now so I didn't miss a whole lot and I was able to flex my schedule to be home uh, pretty much for every ball game or Mm -hmm. every wrestling match um, as far as being lonely (laughs) um, I hang out with a lot of the competitive sales reps right right you know I'm friends with Brad from AJ John from Alec Bradley Mm -hmm. Jordan from Ashton Brian Sonia from his company I don't know who else I'm missing. Uh, old Altidus reps from my old company. Right. And when we can, we'll meet up for for dinner at the end of the day on the road. And um, we have our hangouts in Albany. We have our hangouts in Syracuse and Buffalo. <laughs> Cigars uh, are like a you know it's a it's a niche hobby and it's a, a niche industry and you know it's a small community of people right and so even even the short time relatively short time that Carl and I have spent inside this industry uh, relative to some of you guys like John and yourself uh, you know even we are already getting a sense for like that that small community vibe and and the fact that we see the same people at the trade shows and we see we see the same mm-hmm. people in the lounges when we move around town and stuff like that and it's, you start to make friends you know uh, that's that's a really car really cool part about being inside the cigar industry, you know. And I've made a lot of friends with my customers. I mean, I yeah. go, going back to hitting the job lottery, I get to wake up every day and go visit my friends. Mm-hmm. And I have friends in every nook and cranny in <laughs> New York State. Uh, you guys are, one, are two of them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's always nice, too. We don't always have to talk cigars, either. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I travel to Syracuse, I stay at the same hotel. I go to the same restaurant, and depending on what day of the week it is, Caitlin or Jessica are my bartenders. <laughs> I become friends, you know, Mary's my bartender in my hangout in Albany. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a lot of a lot of hangouts in Buffalo. There's too many good, good <laughs> restaurants and bars right? in Buffalo, so right? I, don't, I don't go to just the same one all the time. <laughs> but yeah, we're all, we're all friendly. Uh, 
we're all competitors, but we all respect one another. Right. And we all help one another. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool how a journey of thirty years, uh, kind of shakes itself out into into that kind of routine where it's like, oh, on the seventeenth, I go see Carl and Dave, and then I go see, you know, Linda at the at the Buffalo you know, whatever, yeah. the, the Blue Buffalo Tavern or wherever it is we went that one time. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, one of, that's one of my uh, Buffalo hangouts. That place was There's a good. Blue Bowl. The Blue Bowl. Or the Blue Bowl the, Tavern. By the camp, by yeah. the uh, campus. And it's just all, it all, after 30 years, it's it's kind of become a, a, a system for you that it seems like you're happy with and that you really like. I mean, you keep referencing it as feeling like you won the job lottery. Uh, I'd like to... I guess my question would be, how did you get in? How did it start? So I used to be, uh, early in my career, I was in retail. And my last stint in retail, I was a training manager at CVS Pharmacy in between Buffalo and uh, Rochester. And I got to know a guy from a company called American Tobacco. It's an old cigarette company. And he kept pushing me. He wanted me to come on and be one of his sales reps and everything. And Finally, I said, you know what? Yeah, nine to five, that wouldn't be such a bad idea. You know, I was, my, my kids were, my two boys were babies and I was like, I could have a normal life. And I was with them for only about a year and a half and um, British American Tobacco had hostile takeover of American Tobacco and they dissolved the company. I was very fortunate that I got to know other tobacco guys out of uh, one of the distributors in Rochester. And I immediately got hired on by a company called Consolidated Cigar, hmm. which eventually became Altinus USA. Hmm. <laughs> and I, I started with them actually selling mass market cigarettes, uh, machine made like Dutch Masters and Backwoods and El Productos and Phillies. And, um, after a very short stint, um, they promoted me to a premium sales rep. And believe it or not, at that time, Altidus is a very big company right now. Uh, all we had was Tiamo, Don Diego, and H. Elman. That was it. Huh. That was it. That's all I sold. And the portfolio grew over wow. time. Wow grew over time to the powerhouse brands that uh, that out today has now. So what what year was this roughly? Are we talking? Oh man, mid nineties. Mid nineties during the yeah. boom. During the boom. During the right? boom. Yeah. Wow. And we literally, uh, we literally, for like two years, the only cigar we had in stock was a Tiamo. <laughs> that was it. You know, H. Upman's on back order for yeah. a year and a half. Oh Don my Diego. god. Another cigar we had too was Primo Del Rey. Okay. And then um, <clears throat> company was bought and sold a few times. I won't get into that. But uh, then we we merged with Tabacalera de España, and that's where Romeo and Juliet come in, mm. and uh, took that on board. And uh, gosh, I was with them for just a tad short of twenty five years. Wow. And. Uh, that company grew and grew and grew and you know, changed hands a few times. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I loved every minute of it. So uh, this this is a question we've been like wanting to ask somebody who's who's been or who was around 
at the time, but like what what it was really like trying to make a living in this industry, you know, during that time, during that cigar boom, right? And what it was like, because we, we, Carl and I weren't around to see that happen really. And like the, the, I don't really think that we have a sense for what that expansion of the industry was really like. What did it mean for just, you know, guys for your neighborhood cigar shop? You know, like what was that like? Well, um, when premium cigars first became a thing in the United States, it was basically Macanudo. And it was all uh, sold through distributorships, like uh, candy tobacco distributors and, mm. and uh, places like that. And then um, <clears throat> they, they had a few other lines. And then Altidus Consolidated Cigar came into the picture and a couple other small companies. There was no such thing as Drew Estates or right. Ashton yeah. or, or anything. It was really... It was General Cigar, Altidus, and then like a bunch of, I called them Don Nobodies, because the cigar boom, <laughs> the, the cigar boom was in full force and nobody had cigars, but you know, you'd get these little companies out of Dominican and they sell them out of their trunks right. to cigar shops. And that's when cigar shops started, uh, <clears throat> using humidors for premium cigars to you know maintain maintain the product properly and everything and then you know it grew and grew and grew so so the boom was was one of demand initially right and it, it wasn't that these companies are popping up out of nowhere trying to find a foothold in an industry that wasn't actually growing in demand no. but it was like the demand huge demand huge demand in, in of, some of these companies right. that are in existence today uh, was because of the opportunity yes. yeah. uh, in premium cigars. And that was the mid-90s. And, you know, it really hasn't even stopped. Right. It, it's still, I mean, people say, oh, it's not like the boom. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we sold more last year than the year before and the year before and the year before yeah. and the year before. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So go back to where the boom was. You know, <laughs> we're still, it hasn't slowed down. It really hasn't. So we've got it's it changed. pretty good these days. It used days. to be just yeah. Dominican. Right. But, you know, now we're, uh, Nicaragua is right. very popular right. now. And right. Honduras is like solid as a rock. Wow. And, uh, you know, we're, we even have a Cohiba that we release uh, once a year, a special edition made in Miami. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So you spend 25 years in all to this. Now you're a general cigar. Have been for quite a long time. Um, almost four years now. Yeah. Yeah. Almost four years. Um, what was the jump from one huge company to another? Yeah. That's like going Pepsi to Coke. Kinda. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> you know, people ask me, like, what's the difference? I was like, Pepsi, Coke. Yeah. Um, uh, great experiences with both. You know, like I said, I was like 25 years with Altidus and, um, you know, I won a lot of trophies, you know, <laughs> you know, trophies are trophies. So I, I, I won some trophies and stuff. And, uh, um, then the itch came, you know, uh, one of my really best friends and mentors in the business was a guy named Bob Jones. He was the general cigar rep and I was the Altidus rep and we were very close friends. And I started, I was still enjoying my job tremendously. 
it out to this. And but I just started to get the itch for. Eh, I think I want a new challenge. I was kind of becoming robotic. Mm-hmm. And I said, Bob, I said, Bob, you know, when, when you retire, by the way, he had retired twice before and I never jumped on the opportunity and they kept calling him back because <laughs> the general would hire some young kid and, and I was eating his lunch. And then <laughs> they would fire that kid and try somebody else. Mm-hmm. And finally, Bob called me and says, are you serious? And I, I said, yeah. Um, and uh, he goes, well, send... Uh, Send your resume to my boss. His name is Cameron. And I sent it to him, and Cameron came up. We met, and, I, and uh, we got along really good. Mm-hmm. And I said to Cameron, I said, you can either hire another young kid, and I'm going to take, take him to lunch, <laughs> or you can hire me. And so I, so I, I jumped ship, and uh, yes. um, it's probably the best thing I ever did. Um, I, Why? I, I mean, I was happy, but I didn't realize that I could be even more happy. <laughs> yeah, it made a difference in my my personal life, my relationship. Uh, I worked much harder. There was a lot more responsibilities than I had with the other company. Um, I make my own decisions, and I make the right decisions for both my company and you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's exercises my brain a little bit right. compared to what I was doing before. And then the best thing about it, it was all the same customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, same exact to- territory. Yeah. I yeah. just had to stop saying Monte Cristo and start saying Macanudo. Yeah. <laughs> it took a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, it's been great. And uh, um, both companies are great. Both are, both are great companies yeah. and they both serve, serve their purpose. But I'm I'm so happy yeah. Yeah. here now. And I was happy there, too. I don't want to knock them. I'm, st- I'm still friends with everybody in that company. They're all great guys. Yeah, I can, I can understand getting your, you know, you have your jersey retired at one at one company, and you want to, it's like Jordan. You got to go play for the Wizards for a little while. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, but he I, did it with the Bulls but, over and over and over. But, yeah, yeah, but didn't he go back to the Bulls at got the all end? the trophies. He did not. No? He retired as a, as, a, as a member of the Wizards. He retired as a Wizard? He's right. pretty good. He was all right. Yeah. He, he didn't embarrass himself, I'll tell you that. No, he so, was still playing ball. I, I think you're a little bit better than MJ on the, on the Wizards, <laughs> though. Probably a bad. That's the first comparison, but the only one I had, so. Yeah, that's so. good. The, the, uh, you've, you've been, you've worked with uh, Rick Rodriguez, uh, former mm-hmm. master blender for CAO, uh, now doing his own thing with West Tampa Tobacco Company. Mm-hmm. You've been on the road with him, traveled with him. He's the kind of guy who's got... Um, a reputation in the industry obviously as just a tobacco genius he's made so many guys he's, bl- he's blended the favorite cigar of so many smokers right like yeah um some yeah. really really great stuff what what's he like he, he seems like an awesome dude he, he's a super yeah. dude I've, I've spent uh before he left general i spent many many times with him working events you know doing charity mm-hmm. things yeah. and and everything and uh from the day, from the day I joined General, he he welcomed me as you know as if I'd been with the company for thirty years, um, and he was a big force behind the growth of CAO. I can't remember what year General bought the CAO brand. It was well before I joined the company, mm-hmm. but it was just a little small boutique company, mm. 
And, um, <clears throat> and Rick started out his career doing the same thing that I'm doing. And then he was taken right. under uh, wings by the Coleman family. He used to own General Cigar and uh, sent him down to the factories and learn how to roll and stuff. And, and you're, you're 100% right. Uh, some of the most popular brands of the CAO line um, were his blends, yeah, like this yeah. Amazon Basin. Right, right. Uh, you know, um, uh, here's the thing about CAO. You go and you see, you go in a cigar shop that carries like such a vast uh, uh, selection of brands. And CAO it is, it appears to have a pretty healthy share of the, the shelf space. Yeah. Did you know there are 42 different brands within the CAO line? <laughs> I know that when I go onto the website, I have to scroll for, for quite a while to get to the bottom of the page. I know that. There is a CAO for every single cigar palette yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. From the most mild to knock your freaking socks off. Mm. Uh, that could be just within itself. The CAO brand is bigger than many cigar companies mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah i mean the 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 flathead is like one of the most popular cigars we have in our entire inventory the the bones the session yep. uh fantastic they're all among yeah. my favorites yeah. you know what i mean so world selection is always a good one too yeah and, yeah um and traditionally the cl brand is uh is reasonably priced right too. right right you know it's that anybody any wallet can afford it and there's one for any palette mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. that we had such a great time last May when CAO was our brand of the month and just getting to talk about all of them, getting to introduce the Pilone, mm -hmm. getting to give away all that swag and all the buy four get ones and kind of just giving every single CAO cigar the kind of showcase that it needs and um, and then welcoming the BX3 in June the month after that yep. was that was awesome. That's probably one of my favorite ones, mm. if I had to say. That's um, that's, that's been a big hit. Uh, Brazilian times three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I I would tell people that that was one of the best. That was probably the best regular production cigar that came out last year in twenty mm. two. Yeah, I yeah. Th I thought so. Just, sales sales will tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just consistency and flavor, and uh, the sizes are just really nice. Like, yeah. it's a nice big robusto, and then the the Toro is just uh, takes like an hour fifteen to smoke, mm -hmm. just like the perfect size for that cigar. Really I've unique said that. too. Like the yeah. flavor notes are so unique in that cigar. Yeah, it's, you know? it's yeah. very different. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. different. A lot of people thought it would would be like the uh, Cao Brasilia, but it's no, no, they're just pretty, the wrapper. Yeah. It's only the wrapper, right? Even the Amazon Basin, which is Brazilian, is all three of them are so different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, and the BX3 has been a, a big hit for us. Uh, so with, you know, obviously Macanudo, Cohiba, Punch, Central Ponza now since the rebranding. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of brands to juggle, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Do you uh, do you find any any trends or notice any popular sticks amongst those brands or? It, what is what are some of the distinctions that you've seen maybe in different parts of your territory well, between those some of the some of the differences now than 
just a few years back is the popularity of limited editions. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for a long time, early in my career, cigar guys were kind of like brand loyal, kind of like cigarette smokers. I only smoke Marlboro or I only smoke Newport. Cigar people are like that too. I only smoke Romeo or I only smoke Macanudo. That has changed in mainly because of all the smaller companies, the boutique companies that started taking advantage of the, the demand um, of cigar smokers. Uh, they, they, it's become more of a hobby where I want to try this, I want to try that, and the, the, the cigar connoisseur is uh, um, more educated but where tobaccos come from, what country, you know, are they shade, sun, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it went from I only smoke this to what do you got that's new? Mm-hmm. And it's like kid in a candy store. Yeah. And then, then you add not just the new items, then you add limited editions mm-hmm. where, you know, we'll only make X amount of cigars or, you know, 500 boxes total. And they gotta have them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so that, that's a big difference. And that's really in the last like five, six years, mm-hmm. the limited editions that just be, have become extremely popular. Right. But the key to it is, it's got to be limited. Yeah, actually limited. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it's got to be limited. Yeah. If a limited edition is still around, uh, you know, six, seven months later, then. Um, it's really not limited. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or it's just not, they really made more. Right. They made more than huh. limited. Yeah. Huh. A lot of times that will happen. It's like, do you still have any of XYZ limited? Like, uh, let me check. Oh, yeah. We found some in the back room yeah. in a warehouse. Yeah. 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 And it's like, no, they didn't sell or you made too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, well, you know, Cohiba, Cohiba is a brand that, that, that does limited editions, right? They do like small, small runs of certain cigars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just more generally, Cohiba is a brand that has a certain amount of like uh, prestige behind it and exactly. brand integrity. And, you know, so can you, I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you speak at all to like why they deserve that reputation? You know why do they why did why is Cohiba sort of seem to stand above the other brands in in your portfolio? Well, first of all, the name recognition alone. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, if, if there's there's people out there that know absolutely nothing about cigars, but they know that Cohiba is a cigar. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, that kind of that's a big help. It's a big yeah. Help. That moves the needle right, yeah. right there alone. Um, but yes, uh, traditionally it's the top grade of tobacco mm-hmm. for whatever tobaccos we're using for those blends, mm-hmm. and each blend of Cohibas uh, is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it the name can demand the price, right? But the price does have the quality right. as well, right? And uh, we have done in the last few years, we haven't released any new brands of Cohiba, all we have done is release limited editions, like the Spectre and the Siri M. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I mentioned is made in Miami. Um, 
This year we will be introducing a new line of Cohiba. It's the first, I think, in three or four years. Um, like a regular production Cohiba. A regular yeah. production yeah. Um, called the Cohiba Riviera. And uh, it's going to be a blend that you've never seen on a Cohiba. It'll be a San Andres wrapper, mm. um, Nicaraguan filler and binder, and box pressed. Hmm. So if you can picture a really popular cigar <laughs> that has that, those characteristics, um, I think you'll be excited to give this one a try. Nice. It'll nice. probably be the June or July. Cool. Box well, Press Cohiba. Box right? Press yeah. Cohiba. Never San Andreas. Been right. The way like we talked about last yes, week, right, San Andreas right. continuing the trend again. of taking most, over. Yeah, San Andreas everything, is and everything over. and on everything. So <laughs> get your yeah. taste buds ready. And then we have one of the most popular limited edition Cohibas actually shipping on Monday of the Spectre. Um, it's a, uh, a Brazilian wrapper. Hmm. There's never, never done a, a Brazilian wrap on a on a Cohiba mm -hmm. um, with a Pelodoro binder from Connecticut. Hmm. It's a very unique blend, and um, the packaging on these Spectres we all make a lot. This is truly they're truly limited editions. I think this is the fourth version in five years. Um, it's actually the 20 year 22 version, but we didn't release it last fall. We held it to get a little bit of extra age in the uh, in the aging room, and that'll that'll ship on Monday. I believe you guys have a box coming. I was going to ask you if you knew of any places in uh, in our uh, <laughs> upstate New York area where you can get the Cohiba Spectre. Yeah, yeah. Right. You got you got a box coming. And, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that you're in that shipment because not all of them are shipping on Monday. Right. There's going to be a batch shipping out and a couple of weeks later the other batch. But um, I did my best to get you into the system as quick as possible. Yeah. So That's okay. As long as everybody listening to the podcast, if you're interested in the Cohiba Spectre, you can find it at the world-famous Tall Sheep Cigars. <laughs> Boom. Oh, yeah. You know we had to do it to them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Come and check it out. I think the trip down just to look at the box. Yeah, the we're not going to spoil the box. Yeah. So you're going to have to come in and see that. Yeah, but it's yeah. worth seeing. But I think you plug yeah. it in, right? Is that correct? <laughs> I, it is a box you I, might have to provide electricity yeah, to. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. It's not your typical cigar box. It you're going like to need to see it. I know right. yeah. yeah. It seems I, like we might have to. This this shit ain't gonna run on its own. It does not sound like. I know there's hydraulics involved. <laughs> yeah. Right. There is. In, uh, in the past, every version of our Cohiba Spectre, we create a different, very unique box. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a tendency to uh, run away with the uh, packaging award yeah. that the industry yeah. gives. Yeah, for, I think you guys outdid yourself this time. Yeah. yeah. We can't wait to show it off. And obviously, all of our, all of our friends and customers on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that, you guys are gonna see that firsthand. What uh, you know, a uh, just a just a spectacle of engineering. Mm -hmm. This cigar box uh, I mean, has for us in to, 2023. Not to downplay the cigar. If you want the cigar, you're gonna have to get down here too because there's only ten of them. There's only ten, and there's only they're ten, gonna cost ten you. cigars. Right. Yeah. Especially so, for our shop. If yeah. you want one of the ten. So uh, right. 
Call the shop ahead of time. Yeah, see yeah. if it's here. Yeah. Call us. Uh, <laughs> you're going to want to get on that as soon as we post it up because these things are going to fly. So yeah. great tease there. Uh, Mike, we like to kind of cap off all the interviews that we have with our guests by asking them if they have like a favorite cigar memory or a favorite cigar story or something that's happened in their time that's you know funny or has meaning or you could kind of take it and run with it as you'd like to but <clears throat> wow this would be a tough one because i i don't remember what i had for breakfast this morning <laughs> so i don't have a best memory well you know, i mean i i did mention just the fact that um it's probably the best job ever anybody ever had mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's how I feel. I mean, it's like there's, uh, I mean, yeah, there's stories of like sh- shit I got myself into at meetings and like, <laughs> you know, falling in the creeks and drinking too much. How about this? Shit. How about this? If you could only smoke one cigar for the rest of your life, you had to pick only one. And that was the only one. It's the desert island question, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. What would it be? What would be your you, one cigar? You guys might be surprised. Hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this, but um, it's a cigar from my old company. And it's the uh, Monte by Monte Cristo Chocopo Number 2 yes. Express. Yes. Wow. 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 Yeah. I'm very surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? It, it just, what is it? It, it was always... It, I, I, every time I smoked one, I... It's like this is really freaking good. Yeah, <laughs> there was never it burned perfectly all the time. And I don't smoke that many cigars, you know that. But uh, um, I gravitated toward that. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And then if if you want to put me on the spot for general cigar, um, the Macanudo Vintage two thousand seven, no, excuse me, ninety seven. Hmm. The vintage ninety seven. Vintage ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a Maduro. So, you know, it's one that comes with a big metal ring. On yeah. It. You get asked for that like all the freaking time. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's limited production and we, we make them, but they, they stay in the cedar room an extra length of time. Hmm. So once they're ready, we, we yeah. ship them out to you guys and the the next batch is not ready because we age it longer than wow. it, than normal. Mm-hmm. That's why it's always kind of in and out of stock. Right, right. So when it's in stock, you got to grab them. Yeah. And um, uh, because we do, we let it set longer. But uh, when I first started with with General, the very first meeting I went to, you know, we go and they got, you know, it's like kid in a candy store. They got all all different brands and boxes are open and help yourself blah 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 and I look around almost everybody in the sales force they're all my new colleagues and everything everybody went to that they're all smoking the, <laughs> yeah. the vintage yeah Jeez. so that tells you something about the cigar when right, all the right. reps from the company that's the one they go after <laughs> pros yeah, yeah right yeah I right. think I think Dave and I also wanted to pick your brain about what you thought about general cigar acquiring Alec Brett Alec Bradley cigar. Oh, okay. Yep. So, um, STG, which is our parent company, you know, their their uh, intentions are to, you know, basically dominate the cigar market. They're starting to do a pretty good job. Yeah, right. And they, they make no bones about it, you know, through organic growth and through acquisitions. 
And uh, the latest acquisition was um, Alec Bradley. And uh, I, I, I think it was a, uh, an extremely uh, smart mm-hmm. acquisition that mm-hmm. I think is going to become, uh, uh, everybody's going to look at it in hindsight saying, wow, that was, that was good. So Alec Bradley is a company owned by Alec Rubin, and then, of course, his two sons, Alec and Bradley. Mm-hmm. And over the years, uh, he's developed a fantastic rep- reputation. Mm-hmm. He's won a lot of awards. I think he had Cigar of the Year. 2011. Uh, is that what it was? 2011, Cigar yeah. of the Year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Prince uh, Otto. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the Prince Otto, yeah. 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 And um, the, the blends that he currently has on the market are uh, a vast variety of, will satisfy vast variety of palettes. Um, it's a tight, well-run company, and we're probably gonna run it. Likewise, they don't have their own factories, but they have relationships with two, two big factories that make most of their cigars. And um, from what I understand right now, we're gonna continue those relationships mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and they also have um, a vast book of uh, FDA predicate blends. And um, now we have we you know that comes along with purchase. Right. We purchased all their assets. Right. right. And um, that alone is very valuable. Interesting. Um, you know because the the deeming pending FDA regulations. Um, <clears throat> You can't bring out anything new uh, that hasn't, unless it's been on the market prior to February 2007. And um, Alan Rubin and Alec Bradley uh, have a vast book of, basically it's recipes. Right. They got a recipe book from pre-2007. They're all predicate. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. Some of those blends could become a Macanudo or Pardigas. Right, right. uh, And these are cigars that, like, they never that didn't get put into production. They, they, they they had to be on the market Uh at one point before two thousand seven, before February two thousand seven, and these have. Right. They might not be. They, they might not be a blend now. Things change so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, and. uh, So you go back. I the I was talking with one of my Altidus buddies uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we just started trying to remember all the different brands that we sold during the big growth period of uh, Altidus, and we were coming up with these brands that oh yeah I remember that brand <laughs> oh yeah I remember that brand. <laughs> so you know, not everything lasts forever. Those that do are very fortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, Romeo's never going to go away. Monte Cristo, right. Macanudo Kiva is never going to go away. Um, but there's been so many changes. And then the Alec Bradley Company probably has a lot of brands just like that. They, mm-hmm. they were on the market. Most of them probably um, <clears throat> were successful, but not all of them are. No. But it still was on the market. That's, so. that's a cool point. We we were reading an article on, on Half Wheel about this a couple weeks ago that made the point that, you know, most cigar companies will die before ever becoming anywhere near 
the uh, worthy of a, of an acquisition of this size, you know. So the fact that Alan Rubin and and family were able to build a company, a successful business that was worthy of of an acquisition of this size that STG saw value in, like this sale should be seen as a success and should be celebrated from that from their side as well. You know, the fact that they built a successful business and turned it into what it is today is like it's incredible you know in yeah. this industry it's incredible yeah yeah especially not having his own factory yeah that's, right. e- that's right. even more difficult right right but he established such great relationships with those that were manufacturing his product mm-hmm. and then whoever he was buying his tobacco from which could have been it could have been general could have been Altus you know that all the bigger companies sell tobacco to these smaller companies too hmm. um but uh yeah it was, that's in my opinion in the cigar business alec bradley is a true success story right for sure absolutely yeah yeah so that's cool so man. I'm, I'm excited i don't get to sell it it's going to go to our sister company forged and their sales force which is something that our company did a couple years ago our general brand of book of brands just became just so huge there's some of the brands weren't getting enough attention from the sales force there's only so much you can do so they created uh a, another sales force called forge cigar um <clears throat> and we took some of the brands that the general sales force was selling moved them over to forge and allowed them to give them the attention they deserved, mm-hmm. you know, Particus and La Gloria Cabana being the two bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And um, so now this acquisition of uh, the, the Alec Bradley brands, that'll help the Forge round out their portfolio of brands. Right. And um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be another success yeah. story. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're definitely looking forward to seeing the future of yeah of, of stg right valley bradley of all the things we buy from you and buy from other people and you know dave and i really can't wait to smoke all of them and <laughs> report back with with our findings so so you have to get your uh your alec bradley samples from your alec bradley rep i don't have any so <laughs> we've gotten we've gotten plenty know, from you, at, Mike. He's, he's already looking for samples yeah <laughs> So, Mike, this has been awesome, man. Yeah. Dave and I really appreciate you coming in and all the things you do for our store. Any customer that's ever gotten a free buy four, get one deal with like CAO or Macanudo or Punch, uh, you could thank this guy right here because he certainly hooks us up with a lot of different things that we use to get back to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, without him, simply a lot of the swag deals and the buy four get one deals that we have every spring and summer just would not be possible so mike the legend thank you so much for coming on with oh, thanks for having me okay big thanks to mike gadichi aka gooch from general cigar company for coming in with us sitting down yeah having a nice really little cool. chat yeah awesome. always good to check up with mike uh here once every three weeks checking up on us getting us what we need to get to you guys Free stuff, swag, all sort of things. Be on the lookout for a pretty big promo featuring all of his brands right in the middle of the summertime, kickoff that summertime season. 
get you guys some swag and some free cigars and all sort of things like that. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, we, we did the same thing last year, and it worked really, really nicely for everybody involved. So we're going to run it back this year. Why not? Yep. Why not? Be on the lookout for that in May. Big news, too, for April. Obviously, you guys know every month we do a big brand promo, buy four, get one, with some swag to win, raffle tickets, and give you guys some rewards for engaging with us online. So April's brand of the month, we'll announce it now, going to be Ashton. Yes. So Ashton, La Roma de Cuba, San Cristobal, buy four, get one free, and we have eight really colorful, vibrant, beautiful ashtrays Mm -hmm. to give away as well. Every time you buy four cigars, you're going to get a raffle ticket. We have eight grand prizes in the month of April, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's great. There's so so many good cigars in the Ashton portfolio, and uh, like Carl said, you know, that includes La Roma de Cuba, that includes San Cristobal, and uh, that includes the VSG that we were just talking about earlier. So Right on. Yeah, so that's going to be great. And uh, another th- cool thing coming up to, to let fill you guys in on, we've got another uh, cigar event coming up in April as well. Um, Altada Cigars is putting on what they're calling the Winner's Tour. So over the last couple of years, Altadas has had a couple cigars finish right at the top of Cigar Aficionado's list of top to the top 25 of each year. So in 2019, it was the Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua that finished at number one cigar of the year, right? You guys remember that cigar. Uh, awesome San Andreas Maduro. It was actually uh, out of the AJ Fernandez factory with some input from Rafael Nodal. And uh, this is an awesome cigar. And uh, it took cigar of the year in 2019. Then in was it 2021 i believe number two cigar of the year was the monte cristo 1935 mm-hmm. so you guys remember that cigar we featured it at uh one of our summer events last year and uh it, you know another fantastic nice dark maduro i absolutely love that cigar those two cigars uh plus a, a few others that have received really high ratings over over the last uh, couple of years they're putting together what they're calling the winner's tour and it's coming to tall chief cigars guys in april um that's going to be april 20th mm-hmm. and uh there's a an event page on facebook so make sure you you link up with us on facebook on instagram on the website and uh to get more details about that event april 20th and that's going to be at the world famous tall chief cigars right on so going to be awesome to pair some coffee with that cigar we mm-hmm. have a special coffee to pair with that 1935 monte cristo mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But in terms of pairing things with a cigar in my hand, <laughs> it's going to be tough because I think Dave might have gotten me on this one. I'm about two-thirds of the way through the cigar. I have no idea what this could be. Um, that is a first for the show. Uh, I have it narrowed down to three guesses because I don't really – this cigar doesn't taste Nicaraguan to me. Yeah. I, as I get more into it, it tastes like it could maybe have like some kind of uh, Brazilian element or Mexican element just because mm. I get a very deep cocoa kind of note as I get into the last third. But my three guesses. Okay, let's really, have it. Yeah. If I had to narrow it down to three, I, based on the look and the taste, I, I think I have a H. Upman Reserve Robusto mm. or La Aroma de Cuba, the, the classic line, mm-hmm. the core line. Mm-hmm. Could be mm-hmm. a Robusto in okay. that. I could not really think of a third, and I'm going to go with my third guess based entirely on the look of the cigar. It looks like a double Robusto. Like, it's just 
Right. It's too thick. It's too dense, as I kind of alluded to earlier. Um, my third guess would be an Oliva Serie V double Robusto. Hmm. Okay. I have received no hints, and I feel like I am very off. Um, we might have stumped him here, but we 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 just might have stumped him. I tried to I tried to be a little more difficult, and you're right. It is a chunky. It's a chunkier Robusto, you know, and uh, but medium brown you know like it could be a lot of things yeah, and uh, so this is really putting carl's palate to the test here the flavor is full it started out medium it becomes full this is a cigar i've had before mm-hmm. and it's good and i'm looking forward to knowing what it is because the draw is nice it's burning evenly but it's got it's got some body to it um my guess is going to be it's an aroma de cuba Core line classic Robusto. Come on, dude. Did I miss? No, you got it. Really? Yeah, that's what it is. Stop. No shit. I thought I was so off. No shit. Dude, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be hard and tricky. Oh my god, that's awesome. That's it. I don't believe it. (laughs) What's a guy got to do to stump this kid? Holy shit. That's impressive. Wow, I got it. Holy crap. Yeah. And I, oh man, I did not, I really thought it was, wow. We, so we talked about this after last episode, like, dude, we gotta, we gotta make this more difficult because. Oh my God. I am legitimately surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So I've it, had dude. this cigar often, yeah. probably one a month, but I don't really have it in the Robusta. When I go for it, I go for a big chunky Immensa. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I remember, I specifically remember, I think the last time you had it, it was like one of your ride homers. Like, what am I going to smoke on the ride home? Yeah, I had some deliveries and I was like, fuck it, let's go. Wow. (laughs) Suck it, Dave. That's great. That's insane. You know what? I'm I'm, I'm pissed. I'm getting pissed now. Like, you know, I I put all this effort into into trying to pull out a, a tricky cigar, and he just he just nails it. He might go outside the humidor for the next one. <laughs> really, know, right? really, really. I'm gonna have to stick it to me. I'm gonna have to, man. Wow. So, yeah, there's another edition of Blindfold the Big Dog in the books, and the guy's five and zero. Oh yeah, the shit talk over the next two weeks is gonna be unmatched, my dudes. Okay. You know what? Maybe I'll even have to open up like some kind of private thread for and take some uh, take some some input from some of you guys, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll think about that. Maybe, uh, some recommendations for, for next episode. But, uh, I also want to give a quick shout out guys. You heard some, some new intro and like bumper music this week. Our boy, Kevin George Berger on the horn. That's right. It's his album. And, uh, you know, you can actually find it on Apple music and Spotify. So look him up, Kevin George Berger on the horn there. And that's, uh, Thanks, Kev, for, for bringing us that music, and we we're very happy to feature it on the episode here. Give it give it a listen if you guys are uh, online. So, and uh, you'll be hearing more of it in coming episodes as well. Uh, so we're gonna toss it back to Kevin to take it away here. That's another episode in the books, episode five. Uh, I'm I'm Dave. That's Carl. He's five and zero, oh, and I'm pissed. And I'm gonna try to figure Ooh, out something else go. for next week. <laughs> so guys, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks yeah. a lot for for listening along with us. We hope you enjoy it. We hope the cigar you had with us was really good, and we'll run it back in two weeks with another great guest and some more uh, dialogue about what we've been trying. So Mm -hmm. for Dave, I'm Carl. Peace. Peace, guys.